Welcome to another episode of the Outdoor Scholars Podcast, where you get a chance to learn all about the only program in the country that keeps students involved with the outdoors while educating them on the career opportunities within the outdoor industry. Hey guys, we're here at the Outdoor Scholars Lodge on the campus of the University of Montevallo with another episode of Outdoor Scholars Podcast. I'm William Crawford, the director of the Outdoor Scholars Program, the host of this podcast. Today we've got a special treat for us. Uh, We've got uh, two of our guys on the bass fishing team, Adam Carroll and Justin Barnes. Uh, Guys, you had a a phenomenal week last week uh, down at Lake Seminole. Uh, fishing the FLW College uh, uh, Tour. Uh, you were uh, good enough to finish first uh, in this collegiate tournament, uh, the first time that y'all have won a tournament since being here at Montevallo. And we're just going to talk a little bit about the, the layout of the tournament and, and what you guys did and, and, and what what uh, made you successful on, on, on that day. So uh, congratulations again, guys. And, and Justin, we'll start with you, uh, Tell everybody kind of what you did in preparation leading up to this tournament. Well, we knew it would be a hot drill bite uh, going into the tournament, so we put in a lot of pre-practice time fishing hydrilla. Uh, We went down about two weekends in a row uh, before the tournament, before the week of the tournament, and uh, having a pretty tough time. We were catching a few fish. They were going, so we weren't weren't catching much. So uh, the week of official practice we started thinking man we got to get on some fish because we don't even know if we can catch a limit right now and uh so we go up shallow and start beating the bank and we start getting a lot of bites doing that and it's pretty good bites and we did that for, uh i think tuesday wednesday and thursday or no tuesday and wednesday and the tournament was friday and uh our last day of practice we felt pretty confident about our shallow bite and i told adam i was like i think we need to go back out there deep and look one more day see what we can find so we went back out there to the hydrilla, and I was like, we're going to do it all day, even if we don't catch anything. And uh, right off the bat that morning, we checked one of the places that I had found two weeks ago, uh, two weeks before in pre-practice. And uh, we caught four right off the bat that morning in pre-practice, and they were all like, good ones, three, three and a half, and it was like four casts in a row, so we left it. And that was right daylight, and we fished till one o'clock and hadn't had a bite, and then we stumbled across some more, uh, some more fish. We got on a little place that I had marked on Google Earth, and uh, they were just loaded up on this one spot, and there was some good ones. We caught about a five and a three and a half. Uh, I think it was on our same cast. And uh, so we left it, and we fished almost to dark. Uh, I think we were like the last boat in the water, the last day of practice, and we found one more place that was just like that one right before dark, and it was the same deal. They were just loaded up on it. So uh, we felt pretty confident going into the tournament, and... Uh, so we decided to go straight to those offshore places the morning of the tournament instead of going to our shallow fish. So uh, we went to we went to the place we started on at daylight the morning before. So we go to there, and we had to limit the boat within about 10 minutes, maybe 13, 14 pounds. And then uh, we move over to one of these other places. We had four spots total offshore. And we move over to one of these other places, and we just start catching them. And it's good ones, and we had about 20 pounds in the boat by about 9 o'clock. And we sat there, I don't know, until about 10, 30, 11, and kind of grinded out on it. We met a few small coals, like maybe a half a pound or so. And uh, I think it was about 11.30, we decided to run back there and hit our other two places. 
and uh, we caught I think we caught a five on each each of those places so we were up to around 22 at the time and it got up to about two o'clock and we went back up and hit the spot we started on and uh, we stayed there for about 20 minutes so it's around 220 and we hadn't caught anything else and we were planning on leaving at 230 to give ourselves plenty of time we had about 22 pounds in the boat this time and I kept sitting there thinking I was like we need another we need another good bite I feel like to win just because of that knowing the lake that we were on knowing there's giants in there so uh, we decided to push our time a little bit and run all the way back to the back of the creek again where we had just came from an hour earlier and uh, we got back there and I'd say what within five minutes we'd catch a five pounder and then we had to hotel back to the ramp so it all worked out sounds like there was a lot of work involved in all that oh yeah <laughs> well take take me back to the the several weeks prior to the tournament you know you, you went down uh how many different times did you go down to, to Seminole and, and and how many days did you stay there and do some pre-fishing I fished Friday and Saturday and Sunday for two weekends in a row and then I fished Monday through Thursday before the tournament so I had 10 days practice did did you see anything change during during that amount of time that you were there and and even just in the amount of time that, that you and Adam were there pre-fishing uh, before the day of the tournament yeah I definitely did the fish that I uh the first weekend I was there I found I only found four places all weekend and I caught I only caught one fish on each place and they're all big ones like five to seven pounders and uh three of those places were gone there was no fish on them but one of the places it was one of the places we got on that was loaded with fish but they had moved up they were sitting in about eight to ten and they had moved up to like three to five and like all that shallow deal that was going on right before the tournament that wasn't happening two weeks prior a week prior that was where we had all that warm weather then fish pulled up in those pads and you started being able to get bits from the jig but a week prior to that that, that wasn't happening at all you can't get bit doing it so adam take take me through kind of what y'all were using uh what baits were y'all using during the practice and was it the same type of bait same color of bait during practice as y'all caught during the the actual tournament well the first couple weekends that we went down there uh when they were deeper staging up deeper we were catching them more on a rattle trap right on top bait and then during the tournament we actually caught them on a chatter bait but it did change a good bit because the creek actually got muddy, so we had to turn to a darker color and uh, use black and blue, and that's what we used all day during the tournament. So, so, so there there were definitely changes going going on throughout the practice time and 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 even the tournament. You know what what made y'all decide to scrap maybe some of the things that you were doing before that that you were catching fish on, and and was it just a gut instinct, or, or did you know something that that you had learned uh, in in previous times on that lake? Yeah, I guess the watercolor changes, the watercolor change and the temperature change outside is what made us go up a little shallower and change baits. We usually like a uh, like a rattle trap type bait when you're fishing a little bit deeper hydrilla, a little bit more sparse. When you got shallow, it's pretty thick. It's kind of hard to get a trap through that. So we go more to the chatter bait and that kind of stuff. So I guess you'd say, yeah, that was from previous knowledge. Okay. So, you know, this was, again, the first... Uh college tournament of the spring uh, i know earlier in the couple weeks prior we had the tournament on sam rayburn canceled just due to high waters and stuff so it kind of pushed back uh, the start of our our spring season were, were you guys disappointed at all when when sam rayburn was was canceled and then you had to wait another week to to get out on the water for the official tournament 
Yeah, I'd say we were a little disappointed, but at the same time, we were kind of happy because that gave us another week of pre-fishing at Seminole because we really weren't feeling too good about it at the time. Yeah, I'd say the same. I mean, we did good. Justin did good in that tournament last year, so obviously we are excited for that one to be the first one. But once it got canceled, we knew we could put more time in on Seminole, which is what we did, and it paid off. So so, so this tournament was a was a one-day tournament. It started there on a, on a Friday. What boat number did y'all draw? Boat number forty. Boat forty. Where where do y'all like to be at in a in a tournament as far as boat draws? Uh, it really depends. In the springtime, I I prefer a uh, a later boat number because pretty much anywhere you go in the springtime, fish are gonna bite better later in the day as it warms up, and that was no difference for uh, Seminole. That's when I was really worried sitting there at the weigh-in. We were leading. I was like one of these late flight guys that's gonna have them because uh, we were doing it at three fifteen, and there was a uh, uh, flights were due in all the way to four o'clock, but. Luckily, no one came in with a bigger bag. So y'all are sitting there in the lead, you know, for pretty much the the whole way in. You know, what's what's going through your mind? First of all, when when you take the lead, you're up there on stage and you've taken the lead. I, I know there's excitement stuff that's going through your mind and, and, man, everything worked out. But what's going through your mind when you know that there's still 120 more boats to come in and, and weigh in? Uh, being honest, it kind of made me want to throw up. Uh, we were sitting there, and I was so nervous because uh, I mean I didn't want second place. Like I didn't want second place at all. I'd rather be fourth or fifth than I had second. And uh, we were sitting there talking to Adam's dad and talking to some more people we know. And I, I couldn't even have a conversation with somebody could, like with anybody because I was just so focused on looking at everybody's bags. And I walked up, and I was driving myself crazy. So I just, I just walked off by myself and went and just sat in the boat until the wave was almost over i had to just go calm down so so adam justin's about to throw up what's what's kind of your mindset i mean everybody obviously was just coming up and talking to us and asking us how the day was going so like we were trying to talk to people at the same time like listening to the way in and hearing people come in with you know good bags and just honestly waiting to hear more than what we had so it was pretty nerve-wracking and we were pretty nervous the whole time honestly I was texting Adam from the boat, getting him to go through the weigh-in line, look at everybody's bags, and see if anybody had a bigger bag than us. Well, that's 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 good stuff. Well, I, I know when when you guys weighed in, I think the leaders were around nineteen pounds, uh, and then y'all jumped up to twenty three and some change. And and uh, what what did end up the second place team end up having? Twenty one twelve. Twenty one twelve. Who would have caught that last fish right there? The last five minutes, it would have been really tight. It's amazing how in in competitive fishing, you know, the the last cast on the last day could be the one that changes uh, everything for you. So just got to stay with it and keep grinding until the until the very end it literally was like our last cast we like, didn't make an arc i was getting ready to go and he was like there it is that's amazing that's amazing well again congratulations to you guys for uh the first place finish i know since uh since we started uh, the outdoor scholars program and and i've been associated with the fishing team this is the first time that we've won a tournament uh and so i know i'm excited for you guys and excited for the program as well uh you know it, it capped off a, a great week i know last last week was uh, national signing day for a lot of people even though you know our guys that sign with us don't necessarily have to sign on signing day a lot of their high schools require them to so we signed quite a few guys that day and and it was a, a big day you know to 
for for our fishing team you know anytime that that you're able to sign the the high school national champion uh to come and and fish at at your school is always a a big thing so uh, a lot of great guys are will be coming here next year to to fish and and just build on top of what we have going on uh this year uh with our, our fishing team so not only did you guys do really well in the tournament you know we had another team that finished in the top 10 and finished seventh with uh Cade and and copeland and you know these guys have have been impressive the the whole year even back to the fall and in, in their first tournament you know it's it's hard for a freshman to come in and, and compete at this level just like it would would be for for any sport but these guys have been holding their own and they've had two top 10 finishes Kind of what's y'all's thoughts on, on their finish and, and kind of what they've been able to bring to the program? Uh, I thought they had a great finish. I think uh, me and Cade and Copeland and Adam, we're all real good buddies. We always stay with each other whenever we go to these tournaments. and They're straight-up hammers, and as Copeland would say, they caught some dang big <laughs> Well, I, you know, again, they're, they're, it's amazing to, to, to see the, the skill set that they have again just being in their first year in in collegiate fishing and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what they can bring uh, to the table as we can continue on i know we had uh, two other teams that fished in the tournament as well and you know as as y'all said things changed in in weather and and patterns and you know some of them just didn't change and some of them lost some fish and hey that's just part of it and and that's a part of us being able to send you know, multiple teams to these tournaments, you know, you're going to have good days and, and bad days. And, you know, hopefully we'll have more good than, than bad, but you try to stack the odds in, in, in your favor. So, well, moving forward, ne- starting next week, uh, we'll be in North Carolina uh, fishing up there. Uh, guys, tell us a little bit about what we have coming up uh, in, in the next week. So we got a Bassmaster College Regional on Lake Norman next week up in North Carolina. And uh, I'm actually headed up tomorrow to go start practicing for it. Uh, it's supposed to be a tough fishery. We're really looking forward to getting out there. Should have plenty of time to figure out something, get something consistent together because it's a three-day tournament. So anytime you're in a three-day tournament, you want to find something consistent so we can hopefully qualify for the national championship. Well, speaking of the national championship, I know with uh, y'all's finish last week uh, down at Seminole, uh, and Cade and Copeland's finish, y'all both qualified for the 2020 uh, National Championship through FLW. You guys qualified for the FLW National Championship for, for last season, and it'll be this summer. You know, I, I know that was an exciting uh, a thing to qualify for that, and I know you guys are looking forward to that as the season uh, continues. But, uh, you know, it's so important for all of our, our guys that go out and fish and, and to to be at the top levels and to be able to qualify for these national championships. I know when we first started trying to rebuild this program, the first year we had one team that qualified for a national championship, and it was through Bassmasters. And then last year we had multiple teams qualify for both uh, Bassmasters. Y'all qualified for FLW, and then the the Boat U.S. Cabela Series. We had three boats that went off and fished in their national championship. So, you know, if we could get all our guys to be qualified, that'd be great. You know, what does it mean for you guys to to see uh, some of these these other boats on our team come in and be able to contribute for for this year? Oh uh, yeah, I'd say definitely. You know, we had success last year with us and the team as well. But I can tell this year it's going to be 
a lot better. We got a lot of good guys that are coming in that had the right mindset, that want to do good and want to qualify for these tournaments. So I definitely see it happening in the near future for sure. So for 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 you guys uh, that that are listening to this podcast and and are very unfamiliar with collegiate fishing and how it's set up and how it it, it operates, you know it's it's a growing sport. Uh, it's amazing just to see in the last few years how much it's grown at this level and at the high school level uh, but but here at the college level we have three different uh, series that we fish one through flw bass masters and then the boat U- u.s cabela's tour and you know each one of them has their own national championships and uh, each of them have their own quali- set of qualifying uh, rules and such. So it, it's a lot of fishing. The springtime is definitely our busiest time of the year. I think there's roughly about 10 or 11 tournaments, counting the national championships, that run through the spring and, and early part of the summer. Uh, and then typically we may have a tournament or two in the, in the fall. So uh, this is a busy time of year. It's, it's tough. It's a grind, especially trying to stay up with, with all the classwork that's involved and uh, time missed uh, of classes. Adam, how do you do it? How do you stay up with your studies and, and still fish and, and, and be successful at all of them? I'd say the main thing is just having good time management, not getting behind, just staying on top of everything, taking it day by day because – I mean, it really is pretty tough to grind, but it can be done. And if you just put the work in and put the time in, then you can get it done. And it's no different than than any other sport. You know, you've got to put your time in and work in to to be successful at at the sport of fishing. But then you also have to remember you've got your your studies and stuff to take care of. So uh, that's one thing that we really emphasize here is, is if you're not here and you're out fishing, you make sure that you you know are keeping up with your studies and, and doing what you need to in the classroom because that's that's a very big important part of, of what we're trying to do not only make these guys successful on the water but but also uh, in, in the classroom so well closing up this uh this episode uh justin talk a little bit about the importance of of this fishing team and what it what it's been able to do for you since you've been here at montevallo well, I've had a great time since I've been here. I don't think we I could have won this tournament this weekend without being here because she gives us the opportunity to go and fish and have our stuff paid for. So that actually lets you be able to afford to go put in the practice required to be able to do good in these tournaments. And I don't know if a lot of people realize it or not, but it costs a lot of money to go fish, especially traveling around the country like this. And uh, we got a great group of great group of guys here, great coach. And it's just, it's been an awesome experience. And I'm looking forward to staying here until I graduate. Well, and, and you know, again, like I've mentioned before in, in some of our other podcasts, you know, the, our students have the opportunity to do a lot of great things through the Outdoor Scholars Program. And we wouldn't be able to do what we do if it wasn't for our, our sponsors that, that we have uh, that's, that's uh, associated with our program, whether it's the Outdoor Scholars Program or the, the fishing team. And, you know, we do a lot of fundraising uh, for for our teams throughout the, the course of the year, but but we also have some some very generous sponsors and, and donors that that we have, and it's it's amazing how these guys have, have stepped up and uh, to help uh, raise money for for our student anglers and, and also we've got a long list of sponsors, and and I'm not gonna sit here and name them because I 
probably leave somebody out but just you know if you're listening you are a sponsor of our our fishing team or the outdoor scholars program just let you know that that we are very appreciative of of what you do to to help support uh, these students and keeping them involved in in the outdoors so anything else guys to to add or or anything as as we move forward all right, they're they're lost for words. They left them all out on stage at at, at Seminole. So, uh, hopefully, we'll have another good run here in two weeks up in North Carolina. Um, maybe everything will hold true and and uh, the practice will go well. And uh, hope you guys have a safe time on the water and a fun time as well. So, that wraps us up for this episode of Outdoor Scholars Podcast. Uh, check back with us uh, here soon to see where we may be or what in the world we may be doing with our students in the outdoors. Until next time.